Blog Talk Radio. To the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and I'm very happy to welcome you here today, even in these times which I know feel very heavy for many of us. Today is Saturday, March 12th, 2022, and I just came in from just a wonderful walk, and I think that that has set the stage for today's program. So if I seem a little out of breath, it's because I was coming right to the program. Today's topic, I may have even used this topic before a long time ago. I certainly have talked about it in different ways. Um, It is unconditional love. Unconditional love is a very often misunderstood subject. And if we can consider the definition of unconditional love, perhaps first to contrast it with conditional love. Conditional love fails. It's really that simple. And I promised in the last program that I may talk about 1 Corinthians 13 again on this in a future show. And I've talked about it before. But today I will not spend the entire program talking about 1 Corinthians 13 and in fact I got it right in front of me with just within just a few minutes of the program. But the important thing is to consider 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Really all of it. But that's where we hear, love never fails. We can go back a little bit to verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not it is not rude, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, trusts always hopes, always perseveres. Always perseveres. (laughs) Just get that very clear. That is unconditional. And yet, far too often, 
we come up with conditions to place on love. And yes, I understand completely because there is this implication that if we don't have conditions, then bad things will happen, abuses will occur, war, cruelty. We're witnessing it right now. And I think it's worth mentioning that this has been going on in other places in the world too, places like Ethiopia where there has been war. There have been lots of conflicts where people have been killed. There are many places in the world, and that doesn't belittle any one place, of course. And what is front and center for us is very pivotal in the world. There is no doubt about that. And we, our hearts break when we see such terror, such violence, such cruelty, and people fleeing. But I do think it's important to say that it's happened in other places and recently. And we can't just turn our backs on those places. Could I give you a list of those places? Probably not. Because, see, they're not in the news. Even so, what's going on is important. What's going on really does, at its worst, threaten all of us. I grew up, as I told you before, um, during the Cold War era. There's a reason why it was called the Cold War. Cold as compared to something heating up. Because given the lethal things that are in the world today, the very earth could end, or certainly our presence on it. So what do we do? There are no easy answers. How did we get here? There are no easy answers. But I can tell you there is the answer with a capital A, which has to do with unconditional love. I mentioned in the previous program a story, and I always um, have some challenges with pronouncing the name, but I have her book in front of me, and I'm going to read a little bit of it. The book is by Immaculate Ilabagiza. It may be Ilabagiza. And my apologies to Immaculate because I came in so quickly and decided to read this book. And you would think I would have the name right, but I, it's in front of me and here it is. I always add an extra syllable, too. Her book is called Left to Tell, Discovering God Amidst the Rwandan Holocaust. And it was written some years ago. I still haven't read the entire book, and I will soon. It's a very heart-wrenching book. It's a difficult book to read, so I'll read it when I'm ready to read it because it contains some really horrific things that happen in Rwanda. And it, it takes a lot to bring ourselves into those spaces, just like we're, having, we're struggling, I know, watching the evening news and 
many of you, wherever you are, actually that's dating me as well, isn't it, to say the evening news. Nowadays, the news is on 24 hours a day, and that's been true for a long time. And yet, those of us who grew up with just the evening news still somehow think of it that way and maybe still even watch that because such a thing does still exist. I know that some of you may be much closer to a very difficult situation. And let's not deceive ourselves in thinking that isn't happening even right here in the U.S. in places. There are places where people do not feel that they are living in a space of peace and comfort and safety. In fact, maybe none of us feel that way, but there are certainly difficulties here. Let us not deny the difficulties that people face. And we may not even know it. Notice how 1 Corinthians 13 talks about truth and how important that is. And what's interesting is it contrasts evil with truth in that particular verse. This is why truth is so incredibly important. And truth sadly, is in short supply these days, and there are many ways to frame the truth. And people very committed, too, to thinking that is the truth, whatever their truth may be. And that doesn't mean we can't have different perspectives. Of course we can. But far too often, it is intentionally veiled or only a partial truth is given, which makes it all false. A partial truth that is given with an intent to deceive is not truth either. So we struggle with this in our day, and maybe we don't have things right in front of us that we need to see. Things that an empathic soul, that notion of empathy, also so important. It would break our hearts to see the challenges that people face. And I think we would find out that we all face challenges of one degree or another, but some are extremely harsh. I mean, there's no question what's going on in Ukraine right now is difficult, but there was no question watching people trying to flee Afghanistan. And there are other places where cruelty is taking place and harsh treatment of people that should never be condoned. And yet, unconditional love helps us to find the answer. Will we make it as humanity? Will we find our way to more solid ground? I believe that we have a chance. I can't say that we'll all make it, but I never give up hope. And even if only some make it, the key to an empathic society is unconditional love. Immaculate who is a very devout Catholic, and in fact you can find her Facebook page, which I follow. 
She often speaks of her faith and of miracles now. And her story was a harrowing one because she was in a situation like it sounds like maybe some people in Ukraine may find themselves in or people in Afghanistan or other places where there is cruelty being applied to the population. She was hidden during the Rwandan Holocaust, as she puts it. Those are her words in her title. I know that particular word is carefully used, and I do understand that, but she really was. I think everyone acknowledges that what happened in Rwanda, if you have a knowledge of it at all, and many of us may not know everything about it, and I certainly don't, but it was horrible and it was a genocide. But let's talk about what she had to say. In her introduction, in Left to Tell, Immaculate, who is a black woman who lived within a peaceful or what felt like a relatively calm existence in Rwanda when everything was disrupted. This is in her introduction, and I'm doing this rather spontaneously. I heard the killers call my name. They were on the other side of the wall and less than an inch of plaster and wood separated us. Their voices were cold, hard, and determined. She's here. We know she's here somewhere. Find her. Find Immaculate. There were many voices, many killers. I could see them in my mind. My former friends and neighbors who had always greeted me with love and kindness moving through the house carrying spears and machetes and calling my name. I'm not going to read all of this. It gets fairly harsh. But I think that gives you an idea. She talks about, I will paraphrase, that the killers were just outside my door, she says. And I knew that at any second they were going to find me. So I'm skipping a little bit in the introduction. Here's where... She prays, quote, I put my hands together, clasped my father's rosary, and silently began to pray, Oh, please, God, please help me. Don't let me die like this, not like this. Don't let these killers find me. You tell us in the Bible that if we ask, we shall receive. Well, God, I am asking, please make these killers go away. Please don't let me die in this bathroom. Please, God, please, please save me. Save me. Here's the last part of her introduction. The killers moved from the house and we all began to breathe again. They were gone but they would be back many times over the next three months. 
I believe that God had spared my life. But I'd learned during the 91 days I spent trembling in fear with seven others in a closet-sized bathroom that being spared is much different from being saved. And this lesson forever changed me. It is a lesson that in the midst of mass murder taught me how to love those who hated and hunted me and how to forgive those who slaughtered my family. My name is Immaculate Ilipachisa. This is the story of how I discovered God during one of history's bloodiest holocausts. So that is from the introduction to her book. And Immaculate later goes on to talk about how she, after she was spared and she managed to get out of that bathroom, it was like a miracle. These people were hiding. Imagine. I mean, it's so relevant to our times right now. It's just, it's horrifying to think about. And she teaches others about forgiveness, people who have been through horrible cruelties and hatred. She teaches them about forgiveness now. Forgiveness and unconditional love do not imply condoning hatred and cruelty and violence. Of course not. It doesn't mean that you say it's okay. But what it does mean is in a space of empathy and understanding, you want your society to somehow find a way to higher ground, to healing. Sadly, in the world, we have not done a very good job of this. One war has led to another. If you study the history of World War I, going to World War II, the harsh conditions after World War I led to World War II in many ways. It led to an environment where there was chaos, And that generally leads to tremendous fear and scarcity. And those things don't lead to solid ground. I've mentioned on this program before that I've been studying history. And the sad thing about history, and I happened to hear something else this week that was disturbing in this way, is it's a history of developing one form of weapon after another. Because after all, you have to defend yourselves from somebody else who's also developing one form of weapon after another. And I think that we're getting to the point where we've reached the limits of that approach. And it's a trap. I cannot tell you how 
we'll all get out of that cycle. But it will take a miracle, I can tell you that, because it's almost impossible to break. History is filled with examples of entire societies overrun and and enslaved and killed and just horrible things, one after the other, because someone else wants what they have. They want their land. They want their resources. They they envy the people. But it's not just envy like in 1 Corinthians 13. It's genuine fear and scarcity and feeling that you need to get the resources of someone else. But then there's dark things, vengeance, continual vengeance, because one conflict leads to another. I hear people say that, oh, triumphantly say, someday this person, these people in the afterlife, if they believe in eternal torment, if they believe in hell, they'll get theirs, they'll get what's coming to them. Unfortunately, that's not consistent and let's say fortunately, with 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails. And it keeps no record of wrong. That's forgiveness. It's profound. But it's even more than that. Because we only see things partially. There are different ways of seeing a partial truth. There is the kind that leads us down a path that is filled with falsehood, and there's the other kind that's just a part of what we can see, like opening a door, like I show in the Frontier Beyond Fear image. Um, Artist Richard Crooks did that image. As you open the door to light, more and more light comes in. But it's still light coming in the whole time. There's not somebody slamming it shut and having you look through another door. That happens plenty. A darker door. A door that isn't even real. This is why truth is so important. And not only that. When you think about Immaculate's story how people turned against one another. And really over, I don't know what started. Probably it was um, scarcity. I can't say all the things that began that particular conflict. But I can say in our current society, often what turns us against each other, especially in a family or among friends, is not big enough to warrant the entire destruction of the bonds that are between us. It's not big enough. We have to find a way. Nothing is big enough when there is unconditional love. It doesn't mean that everyone is going to agree, but you find that space of healing to find a space of peace. And this happens on the micro level, the smaller level, 
and a macro level, the world level. If we let everything break down, we could be on the path to nothing left, sort of a miracle. Those of us who grew up years ago are a little bit more conscious of the dangers that we face. Now, I am someone who chooses to focus on things that are contrary to fear. What is the opposite of fear? It is love. But it doesn't mean it's easy. There's an eerie parallel, by the way, right now. If anyone has seen the movie 2010, not 2012, 2010, which is the sequel to 2001, and I suppose this is one possibility that we could get help in some way because that's what 2010 is about. Arthur C. Clarke envisioned some of this, and I can't say that. I think I read 2001, and I I haven't read everything he said, so I'm thinking about the movies. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen 2010, but at the end, something happens where humanity, well, first of all, this is the the part that is eerie, is there was a conflict in the movie. And at the time it was made, I believe, um, actually I'm not sure exactly when, when it was made, but I'm pretty sure the Cold War was still going on. So it, in that era, era, it would have been between the Soviets and the U.S. And they fall into this conflict And there are people on this spaceship together who they each have to go to their own spaceships. They can't even be up there together. And I'm listening to this, and I I just heard yesterday how on the ISS space station, um, the American that's up there may not even be given a ride home on the Russian ship, which was supposed to bring the American home. And it is so eerily like the situation in that movie, which is also a situation where they're they're coming close to, to the potential of a nuclear conflict and they don't know how to resolve it. It's kind of similar to the Cuban Missile Crisis, if I remember, in the movie. Whatever brings it about, it's eerie. But at the end, here's the spoiler. They are given access to all these new planets, essentially, and they're told to use them together, use them in peace. And what you notice in that movie, when it ends, is how the people in the crew care about each other as people. They care about their families. They care about one another. They're people. They're not just objects. They're real people, and there is empathy and understanding between them. There was a song a long time ago that um, I believe it was Sting wrote, and one of the lines was, I hope the Russians love their children too, which reminds us that we are people together. There can be incredible, Incredible cruelties that go on where we can certainly not condone how 
There are those who treat other people not as if they're people. And that is going on. Whenever there is slaughter of innocent people, that's horrific. So let's be clear. However, we are all people sharing this earth together. And it won't be easy, but we have to find a way to healing. The live show, I know, is about to end for those of you listening live. I'll continue on just a short while after. You can hear the rest in the podcast. Um, I will tell those of you listening live, FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website for this program. And I do aim to do shows most Saturdays. Actually, next Saturday, the show will probably be later due to something I have going on at this time. But it's usually at 1 p.m. Pacific. If it's not at 1 p.m. Pacific, it may be a little bit later in the afternoon. I try to do it on Saturdays. And occasionally I may take a break. So that's how you can find out about this broadcast. And I am appreciative once again to Blog Talk Radio for highlighting the show on their homepage while it's been live. And so those of you who've discovered it that way, welcome. I will continue only briefly for those of you listening in the podcast. There are no easy answers with a low, lowercase a, but there is an answer with a capital A. I believe that spirituality is vital. Spirituality will help us because it gives us the gifts of things like namaste, which comes from a different path, where you see the omnipresence of the divine. Unconditional love is a foundation in multiple belief systems. And I've been through quite a journey myself and If you really explore the possibilities, if you really consider what it would mean if unconditional love were to fail, which is a contradiction in terms, everything is lost. You see, the problem is we love one another personally too much within our lives. So if you think of a scenario where, for example, someone goes to eternal torment that you love, or even a stranger, any empathic, loving soul just can't even imagine being in heaven in such a scenario. There's no way to experience heaven if there is hell. And that is the stark truth. The only, and this is the question that I asked a long, long time ago when I was on discussion forums. 
and no one could come up with an answer. The only answer I've heard that's come from a few people is, well, you'd have to be deceived into thinking that you were in heaven. And I know this is related to just one belief system, but I think that we are becoming skewed in our need for that kind of extreme vengeance. I hear it quite often, like, oh, they have it coming, these people who've done these horrible things. And name your horrible thing. But the thing is, is that if such a thing exists, heaven itself becomes skewed. And it is not compatible with 1 Corinthians 13. 13. I'm in trouble talking again today. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love never fails. And we are also told that God is love. I know that many very sincerely believe in this, and I do understand. But to move our way to healing, we have to find a way, whatever you believe about the next, we have to find a way to a space of forgiveness, a space of growth, a space of considering what caused something. What caused a person to be the way they are or a culture or whatever is going on? What caused a war? What caused cruelty? What caused, what were the roots of it all? Go all the way back. And then we need to look for ways to heal. And yes, we will need help. We will. I actually am a believer and have been for a very long time, for example, in restorative justice, which means that if someone needs to grow, you give opportunities for rehabilitation. Why we don't think about that, I don't know, but it's cruel not to, and I know it does happen in some places. But who you once were is almost always not who you are if you're on a path of growth. And it happens in gentler ways as well in our lives. We change. And hopefully if we have the influences in our lives that are helpful for us, we change for the better. We become more empathic. We become more compassionate. We become more, um, we simplify, perhaps, our needs and our wants. There are so many ways that we chase after empty, meaningless things. And none of those things can truly feed our souls. Unconditional love is about giving someone a chance. It 
doesn't mean you condone cruel or abusive behavior. Maybe the Quakers had a good idea. Maybe I am returning to those roots. It doesn't mean, however, just being bowled over by someone cruel and, you know, a bully. That doesn't mean you allow that to occur. So then what? How do we find our way? We need to find a way. Because the world is in a difficult place right now. I cannot tell you what that way will be. But for us to find a path to peace and stability, I know one thing that will be very important is truth. There is a reason why 1 Corinthians 13, which is a very valuable chapter, and I would say it's valuable for multiple spiritual traditions, there is a reason why truth is so important. Truth leads to deeper understanding. Truth helps you to see why someone may believe a certain way. I understand that people hold dearly to some of the beliefs I question. It doesn't mean I throw the whole thing out. However, we need to come to an understanding of where we're at and why we believe this way. I know that isn't easy. And in the world itself, I believe Sting, when he said, I hope the Russians love their children too. We all love our children. We all love our children. And there are children being impacted in this situation in multiple places. And if it gets worse, it will impact even more people. In the absolute worst case scenario, everyone. We need to find a better way. And we're not alone. The omnipresent divine is here with us. You may not be a spiritual person. You may not believe that. But those of us that do can do the same thing that Immaculate did when she was in that situation. Thankfully, most of us are not in that harsh of a situation right now. But this is a critical time. And of course we need help. That help is right here. God is everywhere. However you perceive God to be in that label may not be one that you embrace. Maybe you say spirit. Maybe you say the universe. Maybe you say the multiverse. Maybe you think of angels. Maybe you think of both the male and and divine feminine aspects. However you think about the divine. It is everywhere. It necessarily must be. That unconditional love binds us 
together. We can never be separated. We may be our individual aspects of what that is. We may be imperfect as human beings as we grow. But we can never be separated from the omnipresent love that exists. There is not only hope in that, there is the opportunity for a miracle. Just as Immaculate feels that she experienced, not everyone was spared in Rwanda. And people are dying in multiple places as we speak. And what is happening in Ukraine is awful. It's hard to understand the human experience. But somehow, I believe, we have the chance to find a better way. It requires trust and hope. In fact, I want to read the final verse of 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the answer. We can find our way. Thank you for being here. I should be here next week. Again, it'll be a little bit later if you're listening live. So thank you again, everyone. I'll see you next time.